The Earth Wants You is a project of the Church of Stop Shopping, a radical performance community based in New York City. We rely on you. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. If you want to support our work, and what is our work? We resist consumerism. We resist the military. We resist the commodification of the earth and her resources. Earthaluya people, join us. Revbilly.com. children amen the earth wants you hallelujah here we are once again the earth wants you doesn't need you but the earth wants you i'm savitri d respond with reverend billy downtown brooklyn this is a project of what the church of stop shopping stop shopping i don't want to stop shopping what does that mean it means means you gotta stop you're scaring me and that of course our Irish immigrant figure, <laughs> the engineer, the producer, Killian Sunderman. We have a show today. There's the end. That was the Stop Shopping Choir. We have news from the natural world coming up with Savitri D. Amen. She has, she says, in store for us a quote-unquote great quote. Hallelujah. And she also promises a good, fecking, awesome News item, praise be. That's a lot. That's a lot to wait for, but we're ready. David Bowie and Freddie Mercury will sing a duet. We have the square root of love, Valentine's Day, coming up with John Sims, the profligate, almost unbearably brilliant artist from Detroit, the performance artist who hangs until dead, the Confederate flag. John, we can't wait. We have a grizzly bear, a nine-foot-tall grizzly bear mother who will sing for us. We have three women inside the silver globe owned by Donald Trump that hovers over Columbus Circle. We have Ravi Ragbir, our friend, who is facing deportation this week. Ravi... (laughs) Robbie, we're singing for you. We're with you. We'll keep you from being deported. Amen, praise be. Hallelujah. Give me some support here on that one. Yes. Somebody give me an Earthalooya. Earthalooya. Out in Radio Land. Earthalooya. Earthalooya. Praise be. Earthalooya. But now it is time. Let's go right to it. Let's get right to it. The news from the natural world. Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. On Monday, scientists revealed that the thawing Arctic permafrost could release massive amounts of mercury, a potent neurotoxin and serious threat to human health. There are 32 million gallons worth of mercury, or the equivalent of 50 Olympic swimming pools, trapped in the permafrost. That's twice as much mercury as the rest of all soils, the atmosphere, and ocean combined. As permafrost thaws in the future, some portion of this mercury will get released into the environment with unknown impact to people and our food supplies. South Africa's drought-stricken city of Cape Town has pushed back its estimate for day zero when residents will have to start queuing for water. 
to May 11th from April 16th. That's two weeks. Authorities said on Monday, citing a decline in agricultural water usage. More than a month's worth of snow fell on Moscow within just 36 hours as the temperature hovered below zero degrees Celsius, the biggest snowfall in the Russian capital since meteorological records began. Moscow Mayor Sergei Sobanyan called the event the snowfall of the century. One person had been killed when a tree brought down electricity lines. One of over 2,000 trees toppled under the sheer weight of the snow. I have just left home, but have already fallen over because the snow has not been cleared from the pavements, says Lilia, a Moscow resident. I have just left home, but have already fallen over because the snow has not been cleared <laughs> from the pavements. She says, it is very difficult to cross the road. <laughs> Amen. That's we've some of us have experienced <laughs> that too. We understand what she's saying. Yeah, All that's right. news, baby. Hallelujah. It's hard to cross the road. So much snow you can't cross the road. How did the chicken All right, okay. <laughs> the Islamic State footprint on Iraq's environment may be unprecedented and permanent with a toxic legacy that includes wide scale cattle deaths, fields that no longer yield edible crops and chronic breathing complications in children and the elderly, doctors and experts said. Up to two million barrels of oil were lost, either burned or spilled between June 2016 and March 2017 when firefighters put out the final blaze. Environmental experts worry that much of the oil has seeped into the groundwater and the nearby Tigris River, a lifeline for a million of Iraqis stretching more than 1,000 miles to Baghdad and beyond. The militants also torched a sulfur plant spewing 35,000 tons of the stinging substance into the air. Uh, Reportedly containing one of the largest sulfur stockpiles in the world, the plant was set ablaze in part to help hold off Iraqi security forces. Still unknown is the full extent of the impact. And as we've always said at the Church of Stop Shopping, nothing is harder on the earth than war. Peace, Olivia. European legislators have voted overwhelmingly for a resolution that advocates halting efforts to mine the seabed for minerals until the environmental consequences of industrializing the high seas can be determined. That, the precautionary principle in use, people, that's what we want. European legislators saying we don't know what it will do and we shouldn't do it until we know. The slaughter of people defending their land or environment continued unabated in 2017, with new research showing almost four people a week were killed worldwide in struggles against mines, plantations, poachers, and infrastructure projects. The toll of 197 people in 2017, which has risen fourfold since it was first compiled in 2002, underscores the violence on the frontiers of a global economy driven by expansion and consumption. The situation remains critical. Until communities are genuinely included in decisions around the use of their land and natural resources, those who speak out will continue to face harassment, imprisonment, and the threat of murder, a senior campaigner for Global Witness said. Almost 90% of teenagers have gender-bending chemicals from plastic in their bodies, according to a new study. BPA, bisphenol, bisphenol, bisphenol. Bisphenol A, BPA, is found in plastic containers and water bottles on the inside of food cans and in cash register receipts. The chemical used since the 1960s to make certain types of plastic mimics the female sex hormone estrogen and has been linked to low sperm counts and infertility in men, as well as breast and prostate cancer. 
a study by the University of Exeter whose researchers tested urine samples from 94 teenagers found 86% of them had traces of BPA in their bodies. What? As from of last at cash registers, Friday, like at the CVS? That's right, right. That's Gender exactly bending right. receipts. Mm-hmm. As of I last Friday, February 2nd, the protections for what was once Bear Ears and Grand Staircase monuments ceased to exist, and all the surrounding public lands have been opened to resource extraction. 60 days ago, President Trump signed an order in Salt Lake City to reduce the size of the two monuments by half. That is a heartbreaker. Scientists watching for baby right whales off the southeast U.S. coast have yet to spot a single newborn seven weeks into the endangered species calving season. The longest researchers have gone without any sightings in nearly 30 years. Bad weather that has limited efforts to look for whales could be to blame rather than a reproductive slump, but scientists also worry it could point to another low birth year for the imperiled whales after a grim season. And here, <coughs> the great news of the day. We need the good news now. You've had some, you've had some tough items in a row here. Some birds in Australia use smoldering sticks to spread wildfires and flush out smaller birds, insects, frogs, and other prey. This fire-spreading behavior isn't a new discovery, the authors of the study say. Australia's indigenous people have long spoken of fire hawks. A generic, a generic term for the black kite, whistling kite, and brown falcon, who have been known to intentionally spread fires in the country's tropical savannas. <laughs> How and great. And they flush out the little, the little critters come running out. And mm. they Australian researchers... That's good news. <laughs> growing trees and climate change conditions have found the leaves of many trees sweat to survive extreme heat waves. This is a, a pretty new discovery. Mm-hmm. The year-long experiment showed that trees continue to release water through their leaves as an evaporative cooling system during periods of extreme heat, despite the carbon-fixing process of photosynthesis grinding to a halt. Smart. Nature is smart. A large proportion of California's nitrogen oxide, which can cause harmful ozone and a variety of health impacts, comes from heavy fertilizer use in the state's Central Valley. The pollutants spur ground-level ozone. They have been linked to asthma, other breathing problems, and heart disease, and are a potent greenhouse gas. One pound of nitrous oxide, a common component of nitrogen oxide, has 300 times more climate warming impact than a pound of carbon dioxide. Say that again. You said that too fast. I said that one pound of nitrous oxide, which is, you know, one of the off gases of of the heavy fertilizer, Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. 300 times more climate warming impact than a pound of carbon dioxide. Mm. So there you have it, people. Terrible news all over the planet. I'm very sorry to bring it to you. But listen, there's a lot of emergencies out there. We've got to keep track of at least some of them. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. No, I'm awake, but it's a nightmare. Let's talk about the firehawks, okay? First of all, there are a lot of myths around the world about firehawks, phoenixes, birds coming out of fire, etc. Interesting to think that all along those birds were spreading the fire to flush out animals. And how? what kind of amazing intelligence is that? Fantastic. Well, there is no possible way to measure the intelligence of the natural world. 
unless we're talking about homo sapien men <laughs> because in which we're predictable. case we have a pretty good metric but go <laughs> <Yeah>. ahead <laughs> sorry no i think i think you're you're <laughs> making a statement of of pure science yeah there. <laughs> absolutely no rigorous the, testing rigorous the 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 whole industry of bringing science into the mainstream from the BBC, from the this, the Tuesday Science Times, from the Discovery Channel, National Geo Channel, all that whole industry, where there's a narrator, usually with a British accent, right? Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all based on the amazing intelligence that is surprising us about nature, and it, it's got that human chauvinism. Mm-hmm. We're like sitting there going, mm-hmm. "Oh my God, can you believe?" The minor bird actually counts to two hundred. Can you believe that? Yeah. And and, yeah. and 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 we're every 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 show we're presenting nature back to human beings mm-hmm. as being smarter than we expected them mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And then we kill them. We drive them extinct. We drill them. We shoot them. We yeah. I did want to share we, one last news item, which is just so sad. That, but I did want to share it with you, um, sort of separate from the natural news. Um, there's a new study that really documents the the threat of uh, the that border wall. So it will degrade and destroy habitat for at least 93 species um, on an area of land that's over two million acres within 50 miles of that of that U.S. Mexico border. Mm-hmm. Um, species with critical habitat along the wall: the jaguar, the arroyo toad, the peninsular bighorn sheep, Mexican gray wolves, the kino check, uh, check, check, checker spot butterflies, um, and even a, an, a, an animal we we talked about recently: the cactus ferruginous pygmy owl, which is a, a low flying bird. Will, they don't think it'll be able to fly over the wall. It won't know how to fly over a wall. So uh, that's 93 species but on, once again, along you, that border. That's the dangerous area of estimating human beings guessing at the intelligence of animals. Okay, but in this case, I uh, approve because what they're saying is like, it, we don't know if the owl is yes, going to be able to know how to get over the wall. That's a generous you know? application of human chauvinism. Yeah. That poor little owl won't be able to fly higher. Amen. They are beautiful little owls. You know, the, the, the jaguars uh, appearing in the coming out of Sonora mm. and up into Arizona yes. is just an amazing story. Right. Very recently, just in the last few years, first sightings of, of the jaguar north of the Mexican border in, since the 60s, I think. Then the wolves are coming from the north yeah. and the jaguars from the south. And those poor little ranchers, <laughs> all they can do is seize the local park Bathroom. I don't know if any of you <laughs> listeners have been to this this part of the country, but I have, and it is wild, harsh country. The Sonoran, I mean, the border of New Mexico and Mexico and Arizona, down there in the Chiricahua, wow, the Gila wilderness, I mean, this is some of the wildest land you'll ever find, and, and not particularly hospitable, let me tell you. Also where the wonderful uh, people of the Apache and Comanche defeated the U.S. Army for so long. Yes. Just kept them running in circles. Just the the original... They never gave up. Guerrilla warfare. Like, just Geronimo incredible. Geronimo still there. Incredible fighters down there. We can, go th- we can go there right now, you know. We can just, you know, 
Burning Man our butts out there, get in our little loincloths <laughs> and dance around. What? Come on. Come on, Billy. I think let's rewind. Oh, we're going to race that? Yeah. yeah. We'll f- when he said loincloth, he was talking about Burning Man. Okay? When he said loincloth, he was talking about Burning Man. <laughs> Let me just be clear here. Okay? You're going to deny that we do that? No, I'm saying Sometry. that's what he's talking about. <laughs> we don't wear loincloths? I've never worn a loincloth except when I played the baby Jesus in a Christmas play at, at the age of two. That's One of what my I'm earliest about. memories. You were in the Sonora <laughs> Desert at that time. You that you lived in New Mexico at that time, I, I, as I recall, just north of Taos. I think it's time <laughs> to go to the next thing. To call John. Let's bail Sims. out of this. <laughs> Amen. Let's call. Oh our, no! Oh. I, I want to hear this song. Check it out. Oh. Check it out. This is an acapella version Music break. of a song you will all know well. Really, listen hard here. This is amazing. David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. Pressure pushing down on me, pressing down on you. No man has fall. Under pressure, the brains are building down, splits the family in two. Puts people on the streets. Eat it up. Eat it up. That's okay. It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends screaming, let me out. Pray tomorrow gets me higher. Okay. Chipping the round, keep my brains around the floor. These are the days it never rains, but it pours. Some good friends screaming, let me out. Tomorrow gets me high, high, high. Turned away from it all like a blind man. Sat on a fence, but, but it, it don't work. Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. Why? Why?
Today on The Earth Wants You, we are honored to have as our guest John Sims. John Sims is from Detroit. He is a multimedia artist, writer, producer, and the creator of the Recoloration Proclamation, which is a long, many years long project uh, that includes many different uh, sub-projects, lynching the Confederate flag, the Afro-Dixie remixes, the annual Burn and Bury Confederate flag Memorial Day ritual, and he is also working on a memoir, which I can't wait to read. He joined us today on the telephone from Florida. John, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good well, to be back. We're having, a, we're having a good day here on live radio, earth radio. Thank you, John. earth John, we like to ask, first of all, all of our guests, could you just tell us a little bit about your favorite place on earth? Oh, uh, well, a, a studio artist like myself, it's my studio. That's the most, um, the place I feel the most creative, secure, and, um, you know, in resonance with the uh, creative vibrations of nature. Amen. Know, that's, <laughs> that's the clearing of your forest, praise be. That's right, that's right. Well, we've heard the, we've heard the results of your studio work. I'm thinking right now of... Uh, the Dixie song, right in the, right. In the remixes, um, we have uh, a memory of dozens of artists singing. I'm going back to Dixie, and and the shock of this song that we identify with. Shall we just say Southern racism, or a sentimentality about an area of the country that at the time. The song was a part of the folk fabric, was um, you know problematic in 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 its yeah. killing of well, people. I mean, actually, there's it, it, a song that comes out of the north and written by folks in Ohio that it got appropriated by the southern nationalistic uh, sentimentality that you speak of. You know, mainly because of that line, "I wish I was in a land of cotton." Look away, look away. You know, this whole idea of going back to the South. But if you listen to the rest of the song, it's really about some weird love story type thing. So it's interesting how when folks get caught up in sort of political extremism, they pick, they, they cherry pick, cotton pick exactly what they want. Mm. And sometimes they only look at the full context of what they're looking at in, in terms of cultural appropriation, um, the political purposes. So the song is very interesting, um, and it's actually even uh, there's there's this idea now going around that the song was actually written by two uh, black uh, brothers from Ohio that appropriated, and then uh, now it's kind of in this remix uh, uh, spirit that that I worked on that on that piece. What do you think? Very the look away, look away. What is that about? Look away, look away. I don't know. I think it's about. Um, you know, you, you can look away, away from, and in away in, 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 in terms of into, you know. Mm. And so I think it has multiple meanings uh, with that. And, and obviously, it's, um, you know, we, we can look at it, you know, from my point of view <laughs> <laughs> in a very different way. 
But yeah, we're, we're in very interesting times and, uh, you know, what's going on in the whole country around policies coming out of uh, the White House uh, or, or social uh, attitudes coming out from the, the very grassroots of our culture. We see that we're in a major crisis. And, and so some of the projects that I'm moving for now, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this idea of love, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and the place of that um, as we move, uh, particularly as activists, as performance artists, I mean, how, how do we effectively counterbalance this incredible gravitational force of hate, division, and um, you know, racism, xenophobia, homophobia, the whole the whole lineup? And uh, you know, I think we're in a very uh, critical space. Right. So and when we word- say love trumps hate, what does that actually mean? What does it mean? Is it a what is the active state of love you're talking about? Well, I mean, as you know, I'm working on this new this project coming up next week that you guys are involved with, this whole Square Root of Love, um, which I've been working on for a very long time, and I initiated at the Bowery Poetry Club in 2010. We can plug show. this now. This is the Bowery Poetry <laughs> Club, Monday night the 12th, yeah. mm-hmm. Monday night the 12th. Right. Mm-hmm. The public should line up there on, on the Bowery. Uh, that's right. At about right. six o'clock. Yeah, but you're not going to get soup, baby. <laughs> There's no soup in there waiting for you. No free soup. <laughs> Those days are over. No, no. We we got some spiritual soup for you. Yeah. Coming by your way, yes. Reverend Billy and his gospel choir and yes. the whole crew, and we got a nice lineup of folks. But John, really, can you I tell mean, us some of the people that will be there that day? Well, we got a nice little lineup. Of, of course, we have you, right? Thank and you. And we also we're going to have. Um, Let's see, let me get a whole little list here for you. We got... That's um, a long list of people. Melissa, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, 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 well, we got Miss Justice Jester. How about Amen. that? ML, yeah, ML Liebler from Detroit. He's coming all the way from Detroit. We got Kristen Fugelet, who's, um, you know, a staple uh, in the poetry scene in New York City. Uh, Edwin Torres, who's a legend over, you know, coming out of the Enrique Cafe. And uh, we got Christopher Paul Wolf. We have uh, uh, Luca Albu. Um, we got a nice little lineup. We got you know Melissa Goodrum, I've also mentioned, and Swati Karuna. And so, so we got we got a nice little lineup, and I'm very excited um, about this. We also Amen. got Yael Archer Cat uh, Mariano. She's going to be doing a. Uh, actually, she was part of my events way back when in 2010, and she did it. She wrote a piece called Square Root of Love, mm-hmm. which is an, it, kind of an experimental flute piece. So, yes, yeah, so we're going to have a nice little mix-up. and uh, But the, the idea is to motivate some reflection and language and ideas around love and politics. The Square Root of Love. Now, that, that title, I think you premiered this thing with a, f- a famous love goddess, Karen Finley, right? That's right. That's uh, right. That's right. Now Karen won't be with us though Monday. No, no, she won't. She was at the very first one uh, that I did 2010, and she's been very active along the way. Uh, last year I did this in Paris, um, and uh, where I introduced my own uh, art wine project, which was nice. And now we're bringing it back uh, on a more serious rotation, as we have had have experienced one year of Trumpness. And, uh, and and I think it's an important issue to think about, um, you know, how, to, how does love fit in all of this? 
How does it fit in? What do we do? What do we do? How do we make it? The square root of love suggests making it. It's, it suggests some, some kind of uh, organic mathematics down inside our souls that is where love begins. Two times two That's makes right, four. Right. Four times four makes 16. And you, you've got oh, this amazing growth of power, arousal, right. change, right. love being the thing that... Um, Emma Goldman told us it defies laws. It makes evolution. It's the most powerful thing there is. Yeah, and, and, the, and the thing is, is when you look at, you know, the whole idea of square root of love is to get you to think about the factors of love, like what times what is love, right? And what, and what defines the love that motivates your behavior, your politics, your heart and those, those kind of things. And then how do those behaviors and ideas reaffirm what you think love is? So it's a nice little dynamical system that mm -hmm. plays in and around itself. But what, you know, when I think about it, I think in terms of the relationship between love and power, I think about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, quote, um, which I've been thinking about. Let me read it to you right quick. It's, right. Power without love is reckless and abusive. And love without power is sentimental and anemic. Mm. Power mm. at its best is love implementing the demands of injustice. And justice at its best is power connecting everything that is against love. And one of the great problems of history is that the concepts of love and power have usually been contrasted as opposites, polar opposites. So that love is identified with a resignation of power and power with a denial of love. It was this misinterpretation that caused uh, the philosopher Nietzsche, who is the philosopher of the will to power, to reject the Christian concept of love. It was the same misinterpretation which induced Christian theologians to reject Nietzsche's philosophy of the will to power in the name of the Christian idea of love. Now, we got to get this thing right. What is needed is a realization that power without love is reckless and abusive and that love without power is sentimental and anemic. Power at its best. Power at its best is love, implementing the demands of justice and justice at its best is love correcting everything that stands against love. Yes. Amen. I love it. That is very similar well, to Emma Goldman's thing about love is the defier of laws, the greatest molder of human destiny. Uh, these right. are amazing words by our teachers. Well, we've been with yeah. Dr. King and, and, and with Emma Goldman. I'd like to add our cultural mayor of Brooklyn, Walt Whitman. I'd like to, I'd like to read a Walt Whitman love poem. Passing stranger, you do not know how longingly I look upon you. You must be he I was seeking or she I was seeking. It comes to me as of a dream. I have somewhere surely lived a life of joy with you. All is recalled as we flit by each other, fluid, affectionate, chaste, matured. You grew up with me. You were a boy with me. You were a girl with me. I ate with you and slept mm. with you. Your body has become not yours only, nor left my body mine only. Wow. You give me the pleasure of your eyes and face and flesh as we pass. You take my beard, breast, hands in return. 
I am not to speak of you. I am to think of you when I sit alone or wake at night alone. I am to wait. I do not doubt I am to meet you again, and I am to see to it that I do not lose you. Thank you, Walt. Hey. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. Yes, we, we are in a very, very, very um, anxious times. And I think the words of the poets and the words of uh, the spiritualists are, are very, very important. Yes, we want to go to the ultimate teachers now. We want to go back to the teachers. We want to go back to Nina Simone. We want to go back to the, <laughs> want to go back to Federico Garcia Lorca. We want to want to go back to the people who really, uh, really, really teach us that. But how does this work? How does this work in a Christian nation where we have for so long tied up sacrifice? with love, right? And our view of love is so intertwined with this sacrificial love that we project onto uh, Jesus, you know, and whatever that means, right? right? And and so in a political moment, right, Right. is there a way out of that? Like, uh, do we have the imaginative capacity to move beyond that sort of Christian view of sacrificial love to something else? And what does that look like? Well, and let me respond to that. You know, part of that, I don't know if it's about, like, um, getting out of that, but I think it's about adding to that. Mm. I think mm. anything that you really value, there is a level of sacrifice. I think that's why that resonates so much. Mm-hmm. You know, folks who are willing to put their their personhood, put their financial, um, and by all these things on the line to speak up for justice, you know, there's sacrifice in that. But the other question is, I think it's about vision, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, where's the vision? And where's the fidelity to the vision mm. and staying course? And I think with all the social media, the news stuff, and the barking voices coming from so many different ways, you know, you know how do we stay focused? Um, and how do we um, sort of mature and grow and grow that love that is so important that will help get us through the darkest hour mm. you know well, so we, i think it's a relation it's a relationship with this 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 idea that because we can have all this idea and all these uh political you know movements but if if, if if the love is lost right the compassion the um the empathy if you know those kind of things are absent then i think we're in trouble well, we have we have we have people. We have a song called "Love at the Gate," uh, and and we have right now these these um, hundreds of thousands of people in 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 New York, right. but millions of people across the country who are undocumented, who are living in right, fear, right, right, and right. who have had a, an official statement of their inferiority of the, of their danger. Uh, they've been called drug addicts and rapists. They are right. uh, uh, they are they are being hunted down uh, by the Immigration and Customs Enforcement ICE. These these um, icy uh, blooded uh, police who uh, pull them out of courts, pull them out of out of the hospitals when they're sick. Um, we're we're living with right now this presence of official hate and fear. Um, we haven't had it. We haven't had it quite like this ever. You know, it it we have had 
We've had we have had uh, uh, police shooting unarmed um, African American people and Native American people, Hispanic people, pe- people of color, uh, but also uh, people who are mentally ill, people who are emotionally disturbed. Uh, police going into their homes and shooting them in their own living rooms. We've had we've had we've had some evil to deal with, but there's something there's something there's something about um, the president openly leading the way uh, that is a right. bit a bit of right. a, a bit of a new development for us a right. lot of american violence i'm thinking of drones i'm thinking of our uh 40 50 years of illegal immoral wars uh, a lot of our violence we don't deal with it's covered up uh, but here we have the president leading the way and john you've been uncovering that violence and retelling that story re- you know reclaiming that history and 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 right. And illuminating those histories. I mean, what do you have some advice for us now? Like, how how to look at this? What can we see in it? Well, you know, I it go. I think it goes back um, to to the maintenance um, and the growth of a healthy, just love. I think mm-hmm. you know, like like the artists have a love for their work, the craft, the creative energy. Um, but we also have to be very aware of the fake love. That is around us. You follow what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, I'm sure the alt right really thinks they love what they're loving in a very serious way, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they justify their the white supremacy and the the you know all, all the kinds of ideas from this um, really to- toxic, narcissistic sense of love, and you certainly see that with Trump and. Um, I think the question is how to address that and how to confront that, and um, and I, I think in the end this might be uh, a war on these different notions of, of of love coming from very different spaces, and um, you know this toxic narcissistic, <laughs> you know, cancerous type thing that can lead to serious mass destruction. Well, our friend, our friend Ravi Rockbeer, uh, that that we're trying to um, keep in our community and not allow his d- deportation, uh, his uh, he, in, he talked at a uh, a church here in he preached at St. Anne's here in Brooklyn uh, this last Sunday, and he was talking about the uh, the rising up of the, of the community in acts of love. It's right, fierce right, love, but right, it's Jer- right. Jericho walks <laughs> around the federal building, um, right. singing to people who are sitting there and getting their interview with right. with uh, the deportation officials. Uh, he he talked about the the turmoil within within ICE that is resulting. The turmoil that he sees when they take him into detention, and he's surrounded by them. And what he sees in the way they're communicating, the way the way their their body language, um, uh, he was deported uh, temporarily to Miami, uh, and then we got him back uh, to New York. He was almost out of the country, but his he was accompanied there by enormous numbers of nervous people, <laughs> enormous numbers of people who who had lost their way, who 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 seemed haunted. They were haunted, and he he said. The, the the love of the community is confusing them 
So that on, on, one, time, one, on one occasion when Ravi was freed by a judge whose speech to the packed courtroom was, was like a love poem. <laughs> it was like Walt Whitman. Right, right, <laughs> and right, right, right. He was returned to his family in a car, an SUV, driven by the head of ICE in New York. Wow. Alone. See, he's, he's, he talked about the, uh, the alt-right can't... We shouldn't think of the alt-right as being um, so alternative that they cannot somehow feel the power of the love, right. that comes, the love that comes from justice. Right. I mean, that, that is so important, um, that, that idea that you're talking about. Um, because I know there's another quote from Dr. King where he's saying that love is the only thing that can change the heart. I'm paraphrasing out of an enemy. Mm, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I got to pull that up, but yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a big one right there. But it's so easy for us to forget. It's so easy for us to, the set of emotions that we have for social change as activists, it's really, it's really easy to forget the, uh, to, to leave the, that that love thing behind you know and and and, and say i'll get to that later you know and, because you're angry yeah, yeah, well, we're I'm, angry we're angry and we're and afraid I, and, I think, I, and i think that's exactly what gave king his incredible um power it, you, you know the, this incredible sense of um agency yes. to be able to use love as an agent you know as a mirror and also as a way to um um, as a force to, uh, as a, you know, mirroring force to do some kind of judo, you know? <laughs> you know, I can't think of a better, a better note to end on here today. We're, we're uh, looking forward to being with you on Monday night, the 12th, at the Bowery Poetry Club in downtown New York City with an amazing array of, of artists from the New York, New Yorkian world and from, all over uh, the Northeast and Detroit. We got Detroit artists flying in. Amen. And to our listeners, I highly recommend you check out John Sims's work. It's all over the internet. You can find it so easily. If you just put John Sims artist, you will find <laughs> Thank you guys. So, a world thank of you so amazing much. work. Thank Earth you so Olivia much, John. John. We'll see you in a few days. Extinction's got talent today. The grizzly bear, also known as the North American brown bear. Uh, grizzly bears uh, live mostly in the northern part of the continent, Alaska, Montana. Uh, they can run 35 miles an hour. They live for 20 to 25 years. They have a better sense of smell than a hound dog and can detect food from miles away. Um, there are fewer than 1,800 grizzly bears remaining in the lower 48. Uh, there are thought to be many thousands in the Alaskan wilderness. Um, this is an impressive, impressive creature, an apex predator, umbrella species, the North American brown bear.
some love from the stop shopping choir thinking as i was listening to the song about what john sims was saying about love and and fidelity and vision um expanding our view of love uh not just romantic love sentimental love familial love but this idea of love as justice justice as love Uh, we can do that we can do that and and how do we do that well I think one of the ways we do that is by taking risks with other people. I certainly know for myself that I feel profound love when I am courageous with my fellows, with my um, friends, with my allies. When we do something strange and new and risky together, I feel this incredible love that isn't directed at them. It surrounds us. It's a valence. It's a cloud. Mm, And we are in it and we have force. And it's really an amazing experience to have um, and I think it's why people like to do risky things like climb mountains together 
or but I feel in these days and in these times we have to apply that um, or climb into the silver globe above the Columbus Circle that's right Killian Sonderman here reporting for the Earth Wants You I'm here at Billy Uh, Billy what are we doing here today Uh, we have reconnoitered at Trump Tower and now we are uh, walking to the site of the action Savitri my co-host is uh, trying to get up into a globe a neoliberal silver globe that is a facsimile of the globe that was used in the World's Fair out in Queens back in the 60s. And so we should have six brave women with Savitri up in this globe that is in front of the Trump International Hotel. And I think it's a good thing to do on the same day as the State of the Union. Praise be. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's funny. It's surreal and um, disruptive. And it's trespassing. Trespass-a-lujah. Trespass-a-lujah. There's a lot of cop cars over there. But they're about, they're going to do it in about five minutes, so we'll just keep walking slowly this way, but let's just stay in a group as we walk. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay? Good job. Billy, can you describe what you're seeing right now? I'm seeing a really impressive banner drop from the silver neoliberal globe that Robert Moses used in the uh, World's Fair, right, Donald? World's Fair, 1965 and 66 World's Fair. Just a week ago, myself and uh, Monica Hunkin and Dragonfly um, went into the globe at Columbus Circle, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know what it looks like. It's, it's an a enormous p- silver planet. It's the Earth with uh, all the, the continents sort of in flat metal and a kind of jungle gym-like. radius of 70 feet. It's enormous, and it hovers over one of the busiest intersections in the city. And also one of the biggest uh, subway stops in the city, Columbus 59th Circle. 59th Street, amen. So we climbed up in there and we unleashed a banner. It said, "Love no borders, stop the deportations." And we and occupied upon that globe of for about. This. We were up there for about I don't know eighty minutes. A hundred cops showed up and we were arrested. One cop per minute. <laughs> 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 and they kept um, uh, spreading out their uh, their crime scene plastic tape 
farther and farther and farther. And the, the Stop Shopping Choir was singing to mm-hmm. you three women up mm-hmm. in the globe, mm-hmm. but we were pushed farther and farther away by... Well, the, the thing I was most aware of up there was just the, the strength of this city and the just incredible love of immigrants in New York City. And in fact, the very identity of New York City is is based on immigration, is, is immigrant-ness. That's what we are here. And um, to look down from that globe and see make eye contact with so many people who were affirming that Mm. for me i i know that about new york but i really it was profound in that situation and all the way to the paddy wagon eye contact with people african people south american people european people you know regular old american people whatever that means your husband Yeah. yeah But all of there. us, it, it, there was so much solidarity. And I've been protesting for years. I've been on the street probably more than a thousand times. And I have to say, I, I've never felt so much support from passersby and mm. pedestrians than I did um, last week. And I, I do think it's Im- important in New York City right now. And I've been saying this for months on, on this show. But uh, the citizens, U.S. citizens, it's we have to step up now. Um, we have a lot of work to do. Our citizenship is a privilege. We're just born with it, and we can really use it to help people right now. We are at that moment, I'm afraid, at that time has come, uh, that we have to stand by. Manifest our, our citizenship, our love. Yes, and stand by the more vulnerable people among us and support them and really show our electeds who are vulnerable at the moment because uh, there's a, a number of bills in, in the city council that would support immigration and make New York more of a sanctuary city, not just in name, but in fact, like the NYPD refusing to work with ICE, not supporting the work of ICE, not providing cover, not providing cop cars, not blocking off streets, none of that, no surveillance. Like, ICE, you're on your own. We're not, we're going to work with you. This would be a sea change for the NYPD and the culture of policing in New York City generally. And that's a sea change that we've been waiting for since Giuliani, since 9-11. We do need to be, have peace officers. Peace Aaliyah. Thank you, Savitri. Much thanks to John Sims, our, our guest today, our interviewer, E. And to Killian Sunderman, our engineer, producer figure. You're very, very, very welcome. <laughs> Next week, our new segment will debut, Ask an Irish Immigrant. So you, if you have <laughs> questions for an Irish immigrant, please send them to me at savitry at revbilly.com. Ask an Irish Ask immigrant. Ask an Irish immigrant. Killian will address your questions directly. I'll try to do my best. And we would like you to sing your questions for Killian. That would give it that Irishness. Praise be. Hallelujah. This is The Earth Wants You with Savitri D. and Reverend Billy, a project of the Church of Stop Shopping. Thanks so much for listening. Earth Alleluia. Welcome, children. This is The Earth Wants You. And I'm Reverend Billy with your co-host, Savitri D. In our show, we bring humor and music to the apocalypse. We're here every week. Rate and review us, and most important, talk to us. 
contact us. Tell us what's on your mind. Amen. Amen.